Advent is such a great season to prepare us, to get us ready for uh, this season we're moving into for, for Christmas. And so I just hope you're going to have a, a great Christmas. And what we want to do over the next few weeks and what I hope to do for you, uh, we just want to talk about who Jesus was and what, what he came to do. And I believe and we believe as a people that he came to bring hope, healing, peace, and purpose. And so we're going to talk about those things over the next few weeks. And today as we celebrate Advent, I think it's only appropriate that we're going to talk about hope, the, the candle of hope. Would you stand with me? I want to read some scripture to you. If you have a Bible, I want you to go to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. If you have a mobile device uh, and you don't have a Bible, you can download one from our website right now. Just go to corechurch.com and you can download a Bible app there. I read out of what's called the New Living Translation. So if you're on that mobile device, look for the NLT and, and you'll be able to track with me. If you're new to church, Matthew was one of the disciples of Jesus and he followed Jesus. What I think is amazing about this, this letter he wrote is he wrote this uh, 40 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. So Jesus has risen from the grave, ascended to heaven, and Matthew's been telling everybody he can about the hope of Jesus. Like he's going everywhere, and he's sharing this story, and the disciples are going everywhere, and they're sharing the stories, and, and, and now it's 40 years later, and, and Matthew realizes, I'm the old guy. I'm not going to be around much longer, and I want this story to outlive me. And so he said, I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write it down. And so this, this book we have called Matthew is because an old man named Matthew said, I don't want people to forget the stories of Jesus. And he, when the old guy talks, people listen, don't they? Don't look at me. Don't look at me. <laughs> the other old guy. <laughs> Like when you're at Thanksgiving, you know, and you're the old uncle or the old grandpa shows up and he opens up his mouth and he starts to tell the story, everybody stops, don't they? And you're like, this is going to be good. Because old people don't care. They only got a couple years left on the planet. They ain't got nothing to lose. They ain't trying to impress nobody. So they're ready. They're just going to tell you how it is. And so we key in and we listen. And so I want us to listen to Matthew. And what Matthew does here in this particular passage in chapter 12 in verse 18 is where we're going to be. Matthew brings up this old prophecy. This guy named Isaiah was a prophet. And Isaiah, 700 years before Jesus, he prophesied about this Messiah that was going to come. And now Matthew here is quoting Isaiah to kind of say the, the person is, is Jesus. Let's look at the, the passage here. Matthew chapter 12, verse 18. These are the words of Isaiah that Matthew is quoting. Look at my servant whom I have chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Finally, he will cause justice to be victorious. And his name will be the hope of all the world. His name will be the hope of all the world. Let's say that together. His name will be the hope of all the world. Let me pray. So Father, here in this moment where we come to open up your scriptures and have you speak to us, would you do just that? Uh, church, let's just pray together. You don't have to do that out loud, but let's just pray together for one another 
You might know the people around you, to your left, to your right, if it's family. Man, pray for your family that God will speak to them today. If if they're a friend, pray for that friend. Or maybe if there's a stranger that's next to you, you don't know if they know Jesus or don't know Jesus. You don't know their struggle. You don't know the pain that they're carrying. You don't know the hopeless state that they feel. You might be the most hopeful person in in the room right now. But sitting right next to you may be somebody who is completely hopeless, just wondering, is this Jesus thing for real? So I want to pray for you if you're here today and you're feeling hopeless. Father, in Jesus' name, bring hope into this room. Bring hope to us. And pray for me as your pastor. Help Pray that I'll just be faithful um, to what God wants for us in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Well, one of the um, practices that our family has, and we've done this for years and years, is something we call highs and lows. And so we gather around the, the dinner table every night, and, and we tell what was the high of your day, what was the low of your day. Um, and everybody's got a high. It doesn't matter how bad your day was. There's something about it that was good, and, and everybody's got a low. Even if you had a great day, you might have the highest low or the lowest high. And, and so everybody gets a chance to go around the table. And so we'll, we'll sit at, at the dinner table together, and, and we'll go around the table and just go something like this. Like, hey, Jer, what was your, what was your high today? Jer's, if you don't know, he's my uh, 19-year-old. And and he'll say, ah, uh, you know, uh, you know, school. I, I, it's just, I had a great day. I got, I got my paper done. I was up till like three. I got it done, and I got it in on time, and felt really, really good about it. Like, That's awesome, man. I said, well, what, what was your low? And he goes, ah, oh, you know, um, work. We just, man, it's just busy right now. It's just Christmas, and it's just, it's, in, it's intense, and there's just a lot going on. I just, I'm just wore out from that. That's cool, man. Dad, what was, what was your high? What was your low? And I go, oh, my high was, uh, my high is usually always uh, playing basketball. So I was like, oh, playing basketball today. I, was, uh, I just played well, felt really good, and it was awesome. And oh, cool, Dad, what, what was your low? And I'm, uh, you know, I, I had a lot of reports. I don't like doing reports and Excel spreadsheets. Some of you, like, you like that? Like, you would love to have an Excel spreadsheet for Christmas? You're, you're, you're weird. Um, not naming names, Jen Bourne uh, from our staff. Um, get to know Jen. She loves, if you want an Excel spreadsheet, but I digress. Okay. So, but so I'm like, no, I had to do some spreadsheets and some reports and I just, uh, that was my low. Cool. All right. And then it's time for the ladies to go strap yourself in. Cause this is going to be a long one. <laughs> so like, uh, Sky will go and I'll be like, hey, Sky, what was your high today? And she'll go, Oh, um, well my art project, I, I got my art project. And I'm like, that's awesome. What was your low? And she's like, well, I'm not done <laughs> with my high. My bad, honey. She's like, well, so, you know, Kayla's in my art class. Yes. And so Kayla, I was giving her a ride to school this morning. And, uh, and you know, I don't have a radio. And I'm like, what does this have to do with your art project? She's just, and so I don't have a radio. And I don't know what happened. But we just started singing a Taylor Swift song. We rolled down our windows and we're screaming out as loud as we can. This Taylor Swift said, shake it off, shake it off. And we're just, our hair is blowing in the wind. And it's crazy. And so we get to school and I get into my first hour and I'm like, wait a second. First hour? Isn't the art like fourth hour? She's like, yes, but I'm not done yet. And I'm like, so we have this thing we do, Jerry and I will do every once in a while. We'll just go, da-da-da, da-da-da. Some of you know that sound. Those of you that don't know that sound, that's the sound of ESPN Sports Center highlight. We want the highlight. 
So we'll just say da-da-da, da-da-da, meaning please give me the, the shorter version of it. And then Sky will look at me, she'll be like, really, Dad? Really? Da-da-da? You don't ever do that to Mom. And I'm like, well, honey, you're going to be moving out in a couple years. And, uh, <laughs> and if I do that to your mom, I'm going to be the one moving out. <laughs> so I'm not going to do that. But I, we... We've had some, some highs and some lows in, this, in 2016 for our family. One of our highs was uh, Jeremiah graduating high school. It was just a really proud moment for us. And, but we also had some, some difficult lows where uh, we had a, a cancer scare with Laura where she called me and said they think I might have cancer, and it was just about as low as I could possibly be thinking that what's going to happen with my best friend. And, but then we had a high um, just several weeks later when she went in for emergency surgery and that surgeon came out and he had a smile on his face and he said, benign, benign, benign. And three times he said that. It was an amazing high for us. But then we had low just a few weeks after that when my son's mother-in-law was killed in a tragic car accident. Highs and lows, all a part of our lives. In, in 2016, we've had some highs and we've had some lows here in our own congregation. We've had some, some highs. Uh, with some of you got married in 2016. Yeah, Josh and Alyssa, were there, were, you guys, I thought I saw you. Josh and Alyssa right here, woo! Got married at Oklahoma Aquarium. That was pretty awesome. Right in front of the shark tank. That, that's so appropriate for marriage. They had no idea. They had no idea. I was like, oh, just get ready. Just get a visual of this because this is what's coming. They, they got married, but, but also we've had some lows. And some of you, your marriage just fell apart on you. And you just went through a really, really difficult and, and dark season. Some of you had some highs. You started a business this year. And that business is starting to take off for you. But some of you have had a low where you lost your job. And, and some people in our congregation are currently looking for I employment and some of you have, have uh, man, this is beautiful. We've had the birth of some babies this year. Some beautiful babies uh, have come into our midst, but we've also had some lows when I stood by the graveside and placed a newborn baby into the ground. Life is full of highs and lows. It's easy to have hope when everything's going good, isn't it? It's just easy. But what do, you, what do you do when, when everything falls apart? What do you do when fear grips you? What do you do when chaos abounds? What, what do you do when darkness falls on you and, and you feel like you have no way out? That's what I want to talk about for a few minutes today because I think Matthew helps us with this. And he says, when, when the bottom falls out, when life disappoints you and falls apart, and hope feels like it's lost, he says you can turn to Jesus. And he says it beautifully this way in Matthew 12, 21. And his name will be the hope of the world. His name will be the hope of all the world. The truth is most people are looking for hope in everything but Jesus. 
Like we're hoping the check's going to come in the mail. Uh, we're, we're hoping we're going to get a good doctor's report, hoping that we're going to get that new job, hoping for a good relationship in, in the coming year. And those are all good things to hope for. There's nothing wrong with those. I'm not down in those things, but all of those things have an end date. They have an expiration date to them. They're all, they're all going to eventually fail us at one point or another. And, and here Matthew is saying this, hope has a name and that name is Jesus. Hope has a name and that name is Jesus. Okay, I'm going to back the train up, and I'm going to say that again. And if you have a heartbeat and you're a follower of Jesus, you need to get in the game and involve with me this morning, okay? Because I want you to proclaim this. Because you may be a follower of Jesus, and you're like, of course I believe that. I want you to audibly express that here in a second, okay? But you may be a follower of Jesus here today, and you just feel like you can't express that because you're in a place right now where you're like, man, I just don't feel or sense the hope, and I want you to audibly express it, okay? So here we go. Hope has a name, and that name is Jesus. Amen? All right. Good. Yes. Turn to somebody right now and tell them, hope has a name and it ain't your name. (laughs) Hope has a name. It ain't your name. Okay? Hope has a name. That name is Jesus. Now, because of Jesus, we have a hope even when there appears to be no hope. Amen? Amen? Yes, we have a hope even when it appears there is no hope. And So why Jesus? Why Jesus? Why should we put our hope in him? Well, first, Matthew tells us we have hope simply because of who he is. Go back to verse 18 of chapter 12, and Matthew says this. Again, this is Isaiah. This is the prophecy of Isaiah, and Isaiah is speaking on behalf of God. So this is as if the Father God is speaking. And and so God says this, look at my servant whom I have chosen. Let's say this together. He is my beloved who pleases me, I will put my spirit upon him. And he will proclaim justice to the nations. So Isaiah's uh, prophecy here is actually fulfilled in the baptism of Jesus. So when Jesus is baptized, you may know this, you may not know this, when Jesus is baptized, the spirit does descend from heaven and rest upon Jesus. And then the father audibly says this in Matthew 3.17. Matthew records this about the baptism of Jesus. And this is what the Father said at the baptism of Jesus. This is my what? This is my beloved son. That's the prophecy of Isaiah. Is it not? He is my beloved in whom what? Let's say this together. I am well pleased. The prophecy of Isaiah fulfilled right here. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him. So Isaiah's prophesying about the Messiah and, and Matthew here says, hey, hey, Jesus is the one that he's, that he's talking about. This, this is the one, and this is why Matthew records it right here. Now, why is this important? Because this is what separates us from every world religion. This is what makes us completely different. The Jewish faith, some friends of mine who are Jewish, they would tell you this, that Jesus was a, he was a rabbi, he was a teacher, he was, he was a good man, but not, not the Messiah. We're still waiting on the Messiah. Not the Messiah and, and certainly not God. My Muslim friends, 
And I use that word friends because I have a friend of mine who is Muslim, and he would say, hey, hey, Brad, um, we actually side with you. And I'm, uh, my apologies to my Jewish friends, but, but my Muslim friend would say, hey, um, we side with you, Brad, and the Christians. We do believe that Jesus is the Messiah. But, but then he would step away from me and he'd say, I'm sorry, Brad, but I also side over here with my Jewish friend over here because although we believe he was the Messiah, we say that he was just a prophet. He, he wasn't God, not, not God in the flesh. But here's, here's the thing. If, if Jesus was just a, a rabbi, a teacher, if Jesus was just a prophet, if he, if he was not God, then we have no hope. We have no hope. My, my Jewish friend and my Muslim friend, they're still waiting on hope. They're hoping that one day it, hope is, is going to show up, like God is going to show up. This world's a mess, and I'm, I'm a mess, but, but the, I know that the Messiah is going to come and that God is, is going to come in the flesh. But what Matthew is trying to get said right here is, ah, hey, everybody, I'm writing this down because I was there. I'm telling you, I was there. I, I, I walked with this guy. I was there at the baptism. I saw the Spirit descend on him. I heard the voice of, of the Father. I saw this guy do these crazy miracles. And then I watched him get betrayed. I watched him go to the cross. We thought it was all over. There's no way we're getting out of this one. And then I saw him come back to life. He probably said it in a falsetto like that too. Because that's what you would say. Oh, my God, I love I can't believe it. Now, that would be a high at the dinner table. You just keep talking, Matthew. I ain't going to da-da-da-da-da-da you. I want to hear this story. And so here, here's Matthew, and he's like, hey, it's been, it's been 40 years. I've told this story so many times. I'm getting ready to go to my grave, but I, I got to write this down because I want you to know that hope has come. Hope God has come. He's come in the flesh. The Messiah is here. Hope has come, and his name is Jesus. This is what he's trying to get said to us. So he, he tells us this, and, and he tells us that Jesus came to proclaim justice. But here's the problem, not, not in the way that most people expected justice to be done. In fact, look at, look at verse 19 as he continues the words of Isaiah. Matthew says this, he, he will not fight or or shout, or raise his voice in public. Now, when we read that, and that's the requirement for the Messiah, most of us are like, mm, I'm out. <laughs> I know there's no way Junior's the Messiah because uh, he should have been in the car ride with us to church today. There's no way anyone in my family is the Messiah. I mean, but it says here, not going to fight, not going to raise his voice, not going to shout. But this is exactly how Jesus showed up. He didn't fight, he didn't shout, he didn't raise his voice. He, he came as an innocent baby. Now think about that for a moment. He came as this innocent child. For the, for the Jewish people, this just messed with them because they were expecting like a warrior, like this revolutionary was going to ride up over the hill on a white horse to, to, to save the day. And, and let's just be honest. Isn't that the Jesus you and I want like with whatever it is that you're facing, whatever your hopeless situation is, when you pray, and now what you want? You want Jesus riding up over the top of that hill on that white horse as a warrior. You don't want to see a baby in a stroller coming up over that hillside. That ain't going to help you. 
Like you want to pray and you want to be, you want to have a Chuck Norris moment. That's what you want. I mean, you, you know, you're feeling like you're a prisoner and you're going to pray and then the helicopter rides in. Oh my gosh, Jesus looks just like Chuck Norris. He's got a machine gun on the side. He just blazes down the enemy and then just flies out. That'd just be awesome, would it not? Some of you are like, Jesus looks like Chuck Norris. I didn't. Who is this guy? That's what we expect. Like, and, and, and that's what we want. But that's not the God we serve. We don't serve a God who sweeps in to save the day and then sweeps right out. No, what, what Matthew is trying to get said to us and what the, the whole hope here of Christmas is who Jesus is. Because this is, this is what separates us from every other religion is we believe as followers of Jesus, that God came in the flesh. He came to dwell and live with us. Why is that such a big deal? Why is that so important? Because when you're facing a hopeless and difficult situation, and maybe you're in one now, or maybe you're not, maybe you're coming out of a hopeless situation Maybe you've had peace for a long time, and I pray 2017 is going to be nothing but blessings for you. But I would be a fool, and I would speak heresy if I said every person in this room is going to be exempt from tragedy and difficulties and struggle. Because I know even as a pastor, even as a man who's committed my whole life to the cause of Christ, my entire life, Everything given for the cause of Christ. And hopeless situations have, have not uh, stayed away from, from my doorstep. So why is it so important that Jesus came? Because we need to know that God's not distant. He's not unacquainted with your pain. He's not unacquainted with your, your suffering. He came and he walked with us. In, in Isaiah chapter 53, I'd like for you to write that down. Isaiah chapter 53, you can go and read that later. It's a beautiful prophecy from Isaiah. Again, Isaiah 700 years before, he's giving these prophecies about the coming Messiah. And I won't read it all, but I just want to give you just a, a, a shot of what it looks like in Isaiah 53. He talks about how the Messiah would come and enter into our suffering that he too would suffer. In fact, Isaiah calls him a man of sorrows and, and refers to him as the suffering servant. And this is exactly what we saw happen in Jesus' life. Jesus came and he suffered pain. He suffered loss. He lost one of his best friends. One of his best friends died. He, he had one of his family members martyred, head cut off. And then they took that his, his cousin's head and they paraded it around and mocked him. Jesus knows what the pain of loss feels like. He knows what it's like to have a best friend turn their back on you when you think they got your back and they stab you in the back. Like he understands that. He's, he's been a part of that. He understands that. If you have emotional anguish, like it's very dark for you, Jesus was not exempt from that. He was human, and, and the night before he was betrayed, he's in the garden, and he's just distraught. Drops of blood. He's just, he can't, the anxiety and the stress that is upon his humanness is overwhelming him. 
And then physical pain. Some of you deal with physical pain. He dealt with physical pain being whipped, spit on, drags across through the streets, nailed. He felt all of that. He's not unacquainted with our pain. He came and suffered with us. That's why we know that hope has a name, and that name is Jesus. But here's the thing about Jesus. Jesus didn't just come to walk with us in our suffering. He came to walk us out of our suffering. So look, look back here at, at verse 20, continuing the prophecy. Isaiah, and this is it's Matthew recounting this, and he will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle, and finally he will cause justice to be victorious. Yesterday, we had um, the staff and their families um, over for breakfast, and so we did this pancakes and PJs and stockings thing. It was really cool, and a lot of our staff, they have um, young toddlers and some early elementary kids, and we thought, man, this would be fun. Let's have everybody over, and, and so it was just great. I'm flipping pancakes with Christmas music going, and, and so they get all their stockings open. They're all running outside in the backyard, and, and they're playing out in our, our backyard, and, and some of you know this. Um, I have this, this, this year, I've been working for the last three years, working very hard, getting a garden going, like with plants and flowers and shrubs, and it's rocked, and I just worked really hard on it. And so they're all out there in my garden. <laughs> but what was cool was, is I was watching them, and the older ones were leading the younger ones, and they were walking on the rocks, and they were playing like this little follow the leader, and I just mesmerized watching them, and they're all staying on the rocks. And I was like, man, that is so great. I can't believe that. They're like five years old. I can't believe they're following on the rocks, and they're being so careful. All of them except Andrew. Some of you aren't laughing because you don't know Andrew. Uh, Daniel Surratt, one of our worship leaders, he has a two-year-old named Andrew who's two years, two years old, but he looks like a 16-year-old linebacker. He's that huge. I'm not kidding you. He's like 6'3", 285. He is uh, it's a massive human. And so he's at the back, and he sees them, and he watches them walk on the rocks, and they walk over this way, and I know what he's thinking. He's like... Why take the rocks when I can take the shortcut? And he does, right through the plants, <laughs> right through the flowers, all the way through them. I was like, I love you, man. <laughs> For some of you, that's exactly how you feel. Like, life is just stomped on you. You, you can relate to this scripture right here. You, you feel like that weak reed that has just been stomped on. Like you feel like your candle isn't going like this. You feel like your candle has just been flat blown out. It's just been that kind of a season for you. And Isaiah comes along and Matthew reiterates and says, he will cause justice to be victorious. Turn to somebody right now and say, we win. We win. We win. What's he talking about here? He's talking about the hope that would one day come from the cross. See, for, for the cross from a distance and for bystanders, the cross, it, it looked like nothing but chaos and confusion. To, the cross looked like the, the weakest reed had been 
crushed. It looked like a crushing defeat, especially to Matthew and the other disciples, because it's just chaos. It's just confusion for them because they've been walking with Jesus for three years. And they're like, he is the Messiah and he is the son of God. And he's done these miracles. And what's happening now? I chose to follow you. I put my faith and my hope in you. And now what's, what is this? Why, why is he being arrested? Where, what is this mob that is coming up against him? What, what is the deal with one of the best friends turning their back on him? Why are they doing this nighttime trial and this is illegal and they shouldn't be doing this? Isn't somebody not gonna, is somebody going to do something about, about this? Look, this isn't right. And then they look at him and they see him getting whipped and they're like, hey, dude, you're the Messiah. You're the Son of God. You, why don't you call down some angels? Why don't you make it stop? Make it stop. And then they hang him on this cross, and they're all standing there, and they're watching him die, and they're waiting for this glorious moment when something big's going to happen, right? Because he's supposed to be the Messiah. And I said, I was going to follow you, and I'm following you. This is not where we were supposed to be headed and where we were supposed to be going. And it ends in just chaos and defeat and they're left in utter darkness. Man, this is exactly how many of you feel. Man, I chose to follow Jesus. I put my, my faith in you, put my hope in you, come to church, I'm here at Christmas time, I'm, I'm serving, and I, I'm giving, and I'm reading my Bible, and I'm praying, and I'm doing all these things, and what is this? What is this mess? What is happening in my life? Why me? Why me? Why did this happen to me? Why did that person get beauty? And why did I get ashes? Because that's not the end of the story. Because he will cause justice to be victorious in your life. That's the hope of the cross. Because the cross is not the end of the story. Because hope did rise literally rise from the grave. That's a good place to say amen because I'm so amped up. He caused hope to rise. And because he caused hope to rise, it's not the end of your story when you put your hope in Jesus. He will lead you through your suffering to a great and glorious victory. It may not seem like it. Chaos is abounding all around you. You can't figure out left from right, up from down. Everything is dark. Can I just encourage you today, put your eyes and your focus on the cross. The visual you need to see in your life is chaos abounding around you and the picture of this cross because the cross is hope. Hope will rise because hope has a name, and that name is Jesus. Let's pray. Father, in this moment, would you speak to us? You're so good. And there's people in this room right now that have lost hope. So can we all just, if, you, if you're a person right now that has hope, maybe this season you're in, you're full of hope, would you just begin to pray for those around you? Because I'm telling you, this room is full of people that are, are struggling, that are finding themselves in a very dark place, and they're probably sitting right in front of you or right next to you. So I just ask that of you. If you're in a place of hope right now, pray for those who are not. And if you are in a place of hopelessness, I pray that you're encouraged through this. And in this moment, you can say, okay, God, 
I'm going to put my hope in you. That, that you're going to bring beauty from these ashes. That you really are the Son of God. Just begin by saying this. Thank you for coming. Whether you're a follower of Jesus or you're not a follower of Jesus. If you're not a follower of Jesus, this can be your prayer of commitment to say, I'm done with my life. I want to follow him. Just say, thank you for coming. I don't know why you did that, but thank you for that. I thank you because I know that you understand. You understand my pain. You understand my tragedy. You understand my hopeless state because you're not a, a God unacquainted with sorrow. But you went through that. And would you help me in the midst of this to find hope? you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you today to put your faith and your hope in him. Say, Brad, man, I don't understand what all that means. It just simply means this. You just recognize, you know what? I'm a sinner and I've been living my life my own way and it's just not working. And I'm done with that. God, would you forgive me? Forgive me for all this junk in my life. Would you take it from me? And and I just believe what scripture teaches that when we pray that and we seek God, that he forgives our sins. And, and what you have when that happens and you choose to put your faith and your hope in Jesus in this moment, here's what's gonna happen. The spirit of the living God is gonna come in. He's gonna rise up within you. And I do not know how this works, but I know in a moment that you pray that prayer and you begin to seek him, you're gonna start sensing hope rising within you. And what that is, that's the Holy Spirit in you. That's God coming to you. See, God came in the flesh of Jesus, but then he also came with his Holy Spirit to live with us. We don't have to go through this life alone. But you can have the Spirit of the living God in you. And so just receive that. Receive it now. Father, in Jesus' name, I receive your Spirit. I'm going to choose to walk with you, to follow you, Thank you, God, for hope in Jesus' name. And everybody said, 